please stand with me? We're going to start with a song this morning. first worship song that I can recall learning in big people church. Uh, Maybe I'm aging myself right now, but it was the one that I learned, you know, besides my father Abraham or his banner over me is love. And man, that song spoke so deeply to my heart as a five, six-year-old Um, just like the cry of my heart became that song. Like, it became an anthem of my life. So simple, and that song is today super dated, but yet it still carries a profound weight in my heart um, toward the Lord. Last week, I felt like the Lord wanted me to teach on worship as an expression, as a discipline, But anytime the Lord drops something into my spirit, I first submit it, and I say, Lord, I need your confirmation. I don't want to just get up there and preach what Heather wants. I want to get up there and preach what you want your church to hear. And then lo and behold, last week, Elia led us into that song. Here, this song from 1978 made its way into our worship set, and I felt like the Lord say, there's your confirmation. So this morning, we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about musical worship. As I said, that song became such an anthem of my life. I just wanted my voice to land sweetly with the Lord. Even though I knew in my young age I was singing a little off-key, a little off-beat, my little tiny hands up in, the, up in the air, it was a way that I could connect with the Lord. So this morning, that's where we're headed. My name is Heather. In case you don't know me, I'm one of the pastors here. And Pastor Lance is taking some bereavement time after the passing of his sweet mama. He will be back with us this Thursday for worship night, and he will be with us next Sunday. We are looking forward to having him back. We're letting him know how much he is missed, but we're so glad that we could give him that time. As Pastor Steve said a couple minutes ago, we are in week two of 21 United, our season of prayer and fasting. It's a time that we take to kind of step back and align our lives to be able to tune in to what the voice of the Lord is saying to us. And if you are new with us, if you are just now hearing about it, it's not too late. You can join us for the last 14 days. Call it 14 Day United. Or if you are having trouble with your fast, 
It's okay. Start today, right? Any of the time that you can be conscientious about being before the Lord in discipline, he will be faithful to meet you there. So don't beat yourself up. Just start today. I just want to invite that uh, for you today. So last week I talked about prayer. We talked about prayer as a discipline, and this week I want to talk about worship, and specifically worship through music. So let's pray. Lord, we invite you to be with us today. God, we surrender to you. Your presence has been so sweet in this place already this morning. We, can, we ask that you would continue to breathe life in this place. I thank you, Lord, for who you are. In your name we pray. Amen. So I believe that musical worship absolutely creates a greater intimacy between you and the Father. And when we have a greater intimacy with the Lord, we can better hear his voice. When we can better hear his voice, I believe we are more likely to be obedient to his voice. When we're obedient to his voice, we can change. And that my friends, is the point of discipleship, this side of heaven, is to live our lives changed and refined so that the world would come to know who Jesus is, so that their lives then could be changed, and on and on and on. Last week I said, why do Pastor Lance and I, why do we care, why does our pastoral team care about your prayer life? Well, because we want you Sorry, I'm losing my mic. We want you to be able to live out your life this side of heaven in the fullness of the Lord's glory and grace upon your life. And prayer life leads to that intimacy just as musical worship does. So that's why we care about these disciplines in your life. Worship is referred tons throughout the Bible. And its literal meaning is actually bowing down. It's actually an action of giving reverence, of giving honor. But the, and there are many ways of worshiping, right? So this morning when I say worship, there are a lot of ways. Prayer is a form of worship. Reading your Bible is a form of worship. Any kind of discipline that you do that's communing with the Lord and giving him reverence is worship. But for the purposes of this morning, we're going to be talking about sound and music as a way of giving worship. And I believe that there is something unique about that form of worship that is absolutely powerful. It is powerful to connect with the Lord through music. Throughout history, music has been with the church. Music has been with the world. The word sing alone is mentioned 130 times in the Bible. And that was just a brief little study that I did. It could be even more. So you can come and, and tell me if it's more. Praise, 335 times in the Bible. In fact, I had a hard time narrowing down my supporting scriptures today because there was just so many places that I could find in which there were people singing or worshiping. Music in church has gone through many iterations, and I bet a lot of you in here have seen many different ways of worship. I myself straddled both sides of the fences in the 80s. I grew up going to my grandmother's Methodist church, and in that one, right, we would stand, we would sit, we would stand, we would turn to page 135 in the hymnal, the organ would play, we would read the words, and then we would sit down. 
But I also grew up in a very charismatic church that I went to with my parents, and that was a full band, that was worship banners, that was running around the church. I bet all of you have seen these different arenas. And we, we also have seen, you know, if you add to it culture, you add, like I said, different denominations, you add different parts of the world. One thing remains the same, though, is that is that music throughout history has been expressed in some way as a form of celebrating, as a form of marking an occasion, as a form of worship, even as a form of grieving or mourning. In fact, the Bible records over 180 songs doing these exact same things. We all can think about, we sing what? Happy birthday at birthday parties. We sing the national anthem. We feel very patriotic through that. Some of us have maybe gone to a military funeral and we've heard taps play. We recognize the emotion that that brings up or amazing grace is played at funerals. All of this drawing on the humanness, this raw expression that's like calling us to cry out. Why is that? Why do we recognize we should have some sort of singing to mark an occasion? I wonder why. Perhaps God intended us as his creation to make a joyful noise in order to connect with a part of us called our spirit and our emotion so that we could have a greater intimacy, so that we could understand a different facet of who God is. Well, why is music so powerful? I was speaking with Pastor Laura this week, and she's our worship pastor, and we were speaking about worship, and she said, well, you know that power through sound was invented from God right from the beginning. I said, tell me more. I said, I think I'm going to use this for my sermon. Well, right in Genesis 1, God spoke. His utterance gave us the world. His utterance formed us. God spoke, and it was power through sound. God even rejoices over you. Zephaniah 3.17. For the Lord your God is living among you. He is a mighty Savior. He will take delight in you with gladness. With his love, he will calm all of your fears. He will rejoice over you with joyful songs. With joyful songs, our Father rejoices over us. And everything that we do here on earth as humans created in God's image is some facet of some character of who God is. We were created by him in his image. We are called often his image bearers. And he's creative. He created beauty out of dust. He's a poet. He's a musician. He rejoices over you. So we in turn are invited to reflect that back to reflect back a part of his character back to him, to give songs to him, to write, to paint, to create as a reflection of who God is. Let's turn to Psalm 150 if you have your device here. Psalm is a great place to, to go to see all of the worship expressed and poetry expressed. Praise the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in his mighty heaven. Praise him for his mighty works. Praise his unequaled greatness. Now take note of this. 
Praise him with a blast of the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and the harp. Praise him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with a clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud, clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praise to the Lord. Praise the Lord. We are, every one of us that has breath, created and intended to praise the Lord with sound, with clanging, with instruments, with our voices. Praise in Hebrew means halal. That is also uh, a root word of hallelujah, halal. And halal means to celebrate, and I love this, to give glory foolishly. How many of you in here maybe struggle with praising, with lifting your hands, and perhaps maybe it's because you were brought up in a church that was a little bit more conservative, and there's nothing wrong with that. But how many of you perhaps struggle to show your worship to God in some bodily form because you feel like you look a little foolish? It's interesting that this word right here in the word of God says it's, we are meant to give glory foolishly. What picture does that give to you? What picture does it give to you? And do you do it? Ask yourself, do you give God praise in that way? Or are you more of a sit it out and wait kind of worship person? Are you more of a one cup of coffee out in the lobby while that worship is going on kind of person? Are you more of a I'm going to wait it out at home until worship is over kind of person? Right? Nah, this morning the Lord is saying, give me an opportunity to minister to you. Give yourself an opportunity to worship back to me every Sunday when we create space right here. What is going on in your heart should be screaming out of your pores. How many of you sports fans are in here? You have some sports fans? I heard an amen. Listen, my dogs, when the Seahawks are on, what do they do, Dave? They hide. They hide. They know mom is about to get to screaming at some Seahawks. They feel the energy. I'm like, go! I'm screaming. I'm like, no! You know, screaming it out. Listen, if you got some energy in you to give some vocalization to some sports, how much more energy should we be given to our Lord? How much more foolishness can we give back to the Lord out of every pore of our being? That should be our approach. And you know what else I love about it? When we are giving God foolish worship, we are coming to him in a childlike way. And that's what he wants from us is to bring this childlike faith back to him. Right? So why do we worship with song? Why is that even an expression well, I have a few things here this morning that I believe that he wants us to practice in this discipline, that these are the reasons. And number one is that God wants all of you. God wants all of you, and musical worship can, if you allow it, engage your entire body, your entire personhood, your mind, your spirit, your body, your emotions. Remember last week we talked about being fully present with the Lord to just sit quietly. Well, you can allow worship to also absorb you so that you can be fully present with who the Lord is. Did you know that there are hundreds of studies, hundreds, linked between the power of music 
and better brain function. Almost as if God created music and God created humans. What do you think? There is one peer-reviewed peer study that I saw written by Louisa Sperans, and she wrote it in 2022. She said, music engage, engages multiple cognitive functions and promotes attention, concentration, imagination, creativity, elicits memories and emotions, stimulates imagination, and harmony of movement. It changes the chemistry of your brain by inducing the release of neurotransmitters and of dopamine and serotonin and oxytocin and activates the reward part of your brain, much like peanut M&Ms does for me. <laughs> in, addition, in addition, music is also used to develop new therapies necessary to alleviate severe illness, especially neurological disorders and brain injuries. Music engages your mind. It engages your spirit. Remember last week we talked about our flesh is weak, but our spirit is willing. Your spirit was created to commune with the Father. When we are speaking biblical truth out into the world, we are communing with our Father. It's always wanting you to cry out verbally with thanksgiving, to give praise to our creator. It engages our spirit. It engages your body. This, like, this, this next thing here, I was like, what? Okay, we talked about how worship means bow down. That's actually what it means in Hebrew. Bless, the word bless, barak, means to kneel. Another action. Worship is bow down. Barak is to kneel. Thanksgiving is todah. That's what it means, todah, and it refers to the extension of your hands. Quite literally, so many of our praise and worship songs that we sing, things that are in the psalm, are actually us having a movement before the Lord. It is not just sitting, although that is okay too. That is okay to sit before the Lord, to have quiet. Remember, there, there are seasons of times that we have different disciplines, so this morning, I'm just saying, if you have not had a season of expressing raw emotion and singing and crying out before the Lord, I'm just inviting you to partake in that, to see how the Lord would meet you differently there. There's also dancing, clapping, stamping of feet all throughout the Word of God. And the Word, we believe, is our compass for this life. It is what we go to to hear the voice of the Lord in a tangible way that we can see. It engages our emotions. When music is played, it quite literally lights up the part of your brain that's responsible for emotion, and emotion is linked to memory. So if we look back in church history as well, we'll see that often song was brought in as a way to memorize scripture so that we could hide the word of God in our heart so that it would pop up when we needed the strength that the word can give us. And last week we talked about coming vulnerably before the Lord. When we sing, when we allow that part of our brain to light up with emotion, we are allowing ourselves to come vulnerably before the Lord. See how it all works together? This prayer, this worship, the fasting, the denying our flesh so that we would continue to push in. There's this beautiful story on the internet. You can watch it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say I would recommend you watch it. It's on YouTube, and it's called Man in Nursing Home Reacts to Hearing Music from His Era. 
man in nursing home reacts to hearing music from his era. It zooms in on an elderly gentleman named Henry. He's sitting in a wheelchair, and he's kind of slumped over. And he responds a little bit when the nurse speaks with him, you know, yes or no, but he doesn't really make eye contact. He's just kind of, you know, he's largely nonverbal. They place an iPod on his head, and they play him church music. The nurse had known about his history and knew that he was deeply involved with church music, so she requested that on the iPod for him to listen to. They put on that music, and literally his entire being lights up. He sits up. His eyes open up. He begins to move his hands and his feet. He begins to utter some sounds out of his mouth. They give him a few minutes, and then the nurse leans in, and she says, okay, Henry, I'm going to take the iPod off. Okay, okay. He takes it off, and crazily enough, even after listening to music, it gives him the ability to speak even after the music is off for a time. So there's a neurologist there, and the, and the neurologist asks him, Henry, do you like music? And he responds, I'm crazy about music. The neurologist looks to camera. This is my, like, favorite thing. The neurologist looks to camera and says something pretty profound, which I don't know if he's a believer, but it doesn't matter. He says, when this music is played, and he says it very perplexed, when this music is played, Henry is restored to himself. He reacquires his identity through the power of music. He reacquires his identity through the power of music. And I felt like, Lord, that'll preach. Some of us in here can reacquire our identity by drowning out the noise of this world and speaking truth over our situations. Getting rid of all of the sin and the junk that is always screaming negativity in our lives. Reacquiring your identity. And then the neurologist asks Henry, what does music do to you? He says, I feel a band of love and dreams. The Lord came to me and made me holy. I am a holy man. And so he gave me these sounds. What in the world? Talk about a God moment. That is the power of worship. That's just my point number one. <laughs> I'm just getting started. Point number two, music wor musical worship wages war on the enemy. Wages war on the enemy. Last week I talked about co-laboring with the Lord. This is a way that we on earth can co-labor with the Lord to push back the forces of the enemy. It always boggles my mind in the Old Testament how worship music would precede a battle. Second Chronicles 20, 21 through 24. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. And this is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. At the very moment, they began to sing and give praise. And the Lord caused the armies of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they had destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground. As far as they could see, not a single one of the enemy had escaped. 
Listen, the Lord is asking us to march out in victory rather than in fear. Think about that. If you are about to go out on the battlefield, listen, we are human beings, and it's easy to kind of remove ourselves from what that might feel like. And maybe some of you have served, and maybe you have been on the battlefield, and you don't just have to have conjecture here. You really know. And thank you for that. But for me, I don't know, but I can imagine, whoo, I'd be pretty scared. And then I'm going to put my vocalists and my band on the front lines. That's crazy. That's crazy, but the kingdom of God works in a different way than we can understand. And God said, we will declare my promises, my truth over this battle because I said you would have the victory. Every one of you in here, God has told you, you will have the victory. So are you declaring that? Are you declaring victory over your situation right now? Other victories attributed to worship, the walls of Jericho fell down. Listen, obstacles will be knocked down. Prison doors swung open. There is freedom for you when you declare and worship. Evil spirits must leave. Evil spirits must leave in 1 Samuel 16, 23. And whenever the tormenting spirit from God troubled Saul, David would play the harp. Then Saul would feel better and the tormenting spirit would go away. Chains of bondage are broken when you go into an area and you are able to freely worship. I cannot tell you how many times I have envisioned myself on the battlefield worshiping, warring over a situation in the heavenlies. And even if you don't have a gift of, a, you know, a vocal ability, that's all right. Make a joyful noise anyway. And if you do have a gift and you're not up here, maybe it's time to ask the Lord, is it my time now to join worship team? Is it my time to be a part of declaring truth over these people in here? We would invite you to do that. And number three, musical worship is a part of bringing our sacrifice to the throne room. It's a part of the new covenant. Listen, every week that I prepare for, worship, for, um, for giving the word, I learn something new. And even if I've read it before, because I've read through the Bible a few time, couple times in my life, like all the way through, but you know when you're preparing, some things will just pop out more, more at you. Um, and when I was researching this, it just was... Interesting, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So first, let's go to Hebrews 13, 15. Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. Who knows that song? We bring the sacrifice of praise. Do you guys know that? Into the house of the Lord. And you're like, sacrifice of praise. Like, I've never actually stopped to think about what that means. And so I thought, well, I kind of want to know. Why? Is it because my, my normal thought would be, well, I'm just going through a hard time, so it's difficult to bring a sacrifice of praise. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it'd be hard to, to declare goodness. And that is a part of it. And if we are in a difficult situation, the Lord is saying, speak my truth over it. But in temple times, there were different types of sacrifices that were brought before the Lord. There was the burnt, the grain, the sin, the peace, and the reparation, and it was all a part of either getting back into alignment with a peer um, before the Lord, making an agreement, atoning for sin, and the priest would bring the offering in there. But check this out. The Levites 
who there were some Levites called to priesthood, some that weren't, they were musicians. They were to provide musical accompaniment to the sacrifices, both vocally and with musical instruments, to act as gatekeepers and general guards. I've missed that before. I didn't realize that there were people appointed to provide musical accompaniment for our atonement. How beautiful is that? Listen, we have a high priest that serves on our behalf, that shed his blood on our behalf. So why don't we bring into the temple that thanksgiving? So it actually is an actual, it it came from this sacrifice of praise, of thanksgiving. That's where that that, um, phrase came from, was from the Old Testament, was that there would be a musical accompaniment to go and give thanks to the Lord. I think because we have already been atoned for our sins through the shed blood of Jesus, that enough is to give a sacrifice of praise. Amen? That alone should cause our mouths to open, our hands to go up, for us to go prostrate before the Lord or be on our knees and worship with our entire being. And even when we don't feel like it, even when we don't feel like it. Psalms 116 15 through 19, perhaps authored by King David, though this is one of the psalms that's kind of unknown. The Lord cares deeply when his loved ones die. O Lord, I am your servant. Yes, I am your servant born into your household, and you have freed me from my chains. And then this writer says, I will offer you a sacrifice of thanksgiving and call on the name of the Lord. I will fulfill my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people, in the house of the Lord, in the heart of Jerusalem. Praise the Lord. The writer speaks here to the offering that he is going to make of his thanksgiving, celebrating what the Lord has done for him. If you read that psalm in in its entirety, he talks about, I was here, but you brought me to here. I was this, but you did this for me. It's recognizing and calling out the miracles that God has done in his life. And my last point is musical worship frames thankfulness in our hearts. Musical worship cannot make you thankful, right? Only you can do that. And I do think we need to get our hearts right so that we can worship appropriately But those lyrics and that beat can help frame the mindset and the thankfulness in your heart. Musical worship sets the stage for the word to go forward. We can't have in our hearts living this tension of both being angry and being thankful at the same time. So perhaps you're coming into church a little grumpy. You don't need the coffee. You need some worship. You need to come on in. You need to proclaim God's faithfulness, God's promises, his truth over your situation, over this place, so that you can be present fully for the word of God. God isn't interested in a show. He's not interested in great vocals or great talent, though he gives those gift sets, right? But he is interested in the posture of your heart. And the ability of your words and the posture of your heart to line up together appropriately. When we understand fully the power 
that musical worship has, then we can come and we can sit in it with a heart of gladness. Psalm 100, a psalm of thanksgiving. Shout with joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him singing with joy, acknowledging that the Lord is God. He made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever, and his faithfulness continues to each generation. When we sit in this room together and we make a joyful noise before the Lord, we are reminded for all that we have to be grateful for, even if it's in our mind just the fact that Jesus died on the cross for us for today. That is enough to have our hearts screaming out of every part of us, our face, our mouths, our arms up. That is enough to give our unfiltered, raw worship to the Lord. I'm reminded of the song, It Is Well With My Soul, written by Horatio Spafford. Some of you might be familiar with where this song, how it was authored. Spafford wrote this song after his four daughters were killed during a tragic collision, collision excuse me, while sailing at sea. After his four daughters passed away and his wife didn't, she made it to her destination and he got on a ship so that he could go and join his wife so they could grieve with one another. And as he was on the very ocean that took his daughters' lives, he writes, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to know, it is well, it is well with my soul. That is a heart framed with thankfulness. I don't know that I could do that. I don't know that I could lose my entire family and say, it is well still with my soul. But that is what the power of music, that is what the power of song, the power of scripture can do for your heart, for your mind. Choosing a heart of thankfulness and saying, it is well. When your heart is postured in this way, it chokes out the weeds. It chokes out the ugly, the bitterness, the hatred, the jealousy, the insecurities, the unforgiveness. When we posture our heart in that way, the only thing that can live in us is it is well, God, because you go before me. You see my good, Jesus. But whatever you have going on, God, you are still good. You are still on the throne of my life. Maybe this morning, you don't know the power of that living God. And I just would want to invite you. Let's just close our eyes. Every, every head bowed, eye closed in this room. The Lord invites you this morning 
to align yourselves with this goodness that he has for you. If you don't know Jesus, this morning you have an opportunity to invite him in. It is as easy as posturing your heart to say, God, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die and that you rose again to atone me for my sins. I believe that he was resurrected and that he will come again. Or perhaps some of you this morning have just, I don't know, just like a real holdup with expressing yourself joyfully before the Lord. Just for a minute. Just see yourself, just see yourself recklessly dancing before the Lord, shouting out his goodness from the mountaintops. See the freedom that is associated with that. See the victories that will be won because you are on the battlefield warring with worship before the Lord. See the enemy defeated, that obstacle defeated before you. That person's life that you are contending for turned around. That healing coming to fruition. God, thank you for giving us the power of music. Thank you for creating music and sound, instruments and voices. Thank you for showing us a way in which we can commune with you at a greater level. We love you, Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Listen, this Thursday night at 7 p.m., we have our worship and prayer night. And I want to invite each and every one of you to come and to give God an opportunity to meet you in a way that perhaps you've never been met before. To come and to raise your voices before him, to dance before him, to lift your voices. And listen, maybe some of you, maybe it's just gonna be like, this is gonna be what you're gonna do. Maybe you're just gonna go like this. Maybe you're just gonna do this. That's okay. Start somewhere. See how God meets you in your vulnerability. Come on out, man, I'm telling you what, it is going to be powerful. I am already praying for that evening. I am believing in Jesus' name that we will see healings, that we will see miracles happen, right? If you are all in on this 21 United and I asked you all to be, so that means yes, then you want to come on out. We do have child care available as well. So you can stand up. God bless every single person that's in this room. Lord, we thank you so much that you would return them home safely that you would be with them, you would give them peace and joy. In your name we pray, amen. Amen, you are dismissed, thank you.